I'm just going to look at one little phrase in this, but uh, I want you to hear the whole. It's a longer parable, but I want you to hear the whole parable. I was struck by a comment made in one of the commentaries that said, as in the treatment of all parables, the teacher and the preacher would do well not to try to explain it, let alone uh, let it stand alone and do its work in and on the hearer. Like an explained joke, an explained parable violates the listener. Well, I don't 100% agree with that. Uh, I don't think he 100% agreed with it because he did a lot of explaining in that commentary. But I do want you to hear the whole parable as it came from the lips of Jesus because I think it is powerful. Luke 15, beginning to read at verse 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your love, your grace, your restoration, your forgiveness, all of the things that are taught in this parable. We bless you that these are things we can appropriate to ourselves, to our children, to our church. We pray that you would uh, uh, minister this word to us and minister to us as we come into this communion meal. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this parable could really be the subject of many uh, communion messages. There's no way I'm going to do it justice this morning. 
But as I mentioned, I'm going to look at this through the uh, one phrase in verse 17 that kind of is going to give us a window into the whole parable, a window into uh, viewing God's grace. It's the phrase in verse 17 where the prodigal realizes that his father's servants have enough and to spare, enough and to spare. Now his vision was pretty low. Uh, he was thinking about food. Yeah, there's enough and to spare of the food, but as he comes to his father, he realizes there's a whole lot more that was enough and uh, to spare. And as we come to the Lord's table this morning, I hope we can come with gratitude and faith that the bread and the wine really symbolize the lavishness of God's grace in our lives. Now, the first thing that the prodigal discovered as he rounded the corner and caught a glimpse of his dad's homestead was that there was enough and to spare of the father's forgiving love. Now, he had earlier worried about whether he would be accepted at all by his father. But before, and he makes a speech, he thinks through his head, what am I going to say to my father? And he's going to be admitting that he is utterly unworthy to be a son. And that was an appropriate statement to make. He was unworthy. But Scripture is quite clear that God exalts the humble. And what this prodigal finds out is before he can even spit out his rehearsed words, the father expresses his eagerness to forgive. So it says there, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So the running, the kissing, you know, the hugs were visible signs of God's willingness to forgive and uh, his love, even before he uttered the words. And brothers and sisters, as you come to this table, these are visible signs that the Lord has given to us that are equivalent to those hugs and those kisses that he bestows upon us. They're wordless, but they are signs. And they remind us of the sacrifices that the Father gave when he sent forth his Son, uh, the incredible love that Jesus has when he endured the cross for us. Uh, they remind us of the Spirit's love when he perseveres despite our rebelliousness and applying the redemption of Christ uh, into our lives. Now, Satan may try to rob you of joy by reminding you of sins you've done 10 years ago or two weeks ago, trying to rob you or make you think, what's the point? I might as well stay in the pigsty. But as you leave the pigsty and you come to the Lord, uh, realize that the Lord has forgiving love that is enough and to spare. The second thing that the son found to his astonishment was that the father had enough and to spare of restoring grace. He didn't just forgive him and then send him off. Yes, I forgive you, and then just leave it at that. No, he welcomed him in, into full sonship, into full restored fellowship with him. So before the son can even get to the part of his speech where he says, please accept me as a servant, the father interrupts him and says, bring out the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and was found. So it wasn't just any robe. He gave him the best robe to cover over his racks. He gave him a ring, which was a symbol that he was still an heir. Uh, he gave him shoes, which showed his sonship, because only slaves or servants wore, uh, went uh, shoeless. 
And so this was astonishing. This was unexpected. There was enough and to spare of the Father's restoring grace. And as we come to the table, we need to realize that just as the best robe, the ring, and the shoes were signs of grace that fully restored, the bread and the wine are signs of the same restoring grace. God promises us to restore us to fellowship as heirs of heaven, sons and daughters. Now, you might feel totally unworthy this morning to be receiving of those signs, and rightly so, you are unworthy, okay? But God gives it to you anyway. Romans 8:15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And if you don't feel worthy to hug your heavenly Father, to call him Abba, ask him during this communion service to banish the demonic spirit of fear and of slavery and to fill you with his Holy Spirit, the, the spirit who gives to us adoption, enables us to have that sense, yes, we belong. We belong in his family. This meal promises enough and to spare of the Father's restoring grace. And when you sense that, believe me, you begin to be merry like the servants and like the son were in verse 24. Uh, the last thing that this prodigal was astonished to discover was that there was enough and to spare of the Father's continual provision. Now, he had hoped just to be a hired servant so that he could eat well. Back in those days, hired servants didn't get a lot of wages. It was subsistence living. It was certainly better than what he was experiencing in the pigsty. But um, to his astonishment, the repentant prodigal received freely of the father's bounty. In fact, he received so much that the older brother was upset. It wasn't fair. And brothers and sisters, it is not fair that you are receiving the things that are promised in this covenant meal. It is not fair at all. We are receiving not what we deserve. We are receiving what Jesus deserves. That's really what we're getting uh, in this meal. Uh, we're receiving bounty that is above and beyond anything that we could conceivably earn. Ephesians 3.20 speaks of the Father as Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to that power that works in us. So as we come to the table this morning, come with expectation that there is enough and despair of the Father's forgiving love, of His restoring grace, and of His continual provision. I think it's appropriate to come with the humility of the prodigal son. We always ought to be humble that we're unworthy. But come with faith, come with expectation, come with joy at his provision. Father God, we are very grateful to you that you are lavish in your provisions for us. You pour out into our lives time and again things that we do not deserve. When we consider that we deserve hellfire, uh, we deserve uh, all of the things that the world is destined to receive, and yet, Father, Day by day, you give to us things that really only Jesus deserves. And so we come to you this morning um, expressing our gratitude, but also by faith receiving from you your ring, your robe, your shoes, your sonship, your Holy Spirit. We are grateful, Father.
we are grateful that you even let us call you Abba, Father, and that you invite us to your family meal. And I pray that those here who lack assurance, who lack that Abba, Father, sense of adoption, uh, would receive that, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, who cries out from our hearts, Abba, Father. To that end, I pray that you would set aside these common elements, that you would enable us to be blessed and to be a blessing to you. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.